Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Catfish Corner. I'm Paul Scribina, the Predators beat writer for the Tennessean. Joined by my esteemed colleague, Tennessean columnist Gentry Estes. We're uh, recording here on Tuesday night. The Predators won their second game in a row tonight, Gentry, and, and probably two of their best games they put together uh, overall this season, coming off of a win against Columbus the other night, which I would argue would be the best game of the se- that they've played this season. Um, shut out tonight of the last place Red Wings to keep the Predators out of last place. Uh, Pecorino with his 59th career shutout, which puts him, I think, 19th all time uh, in the NHL. But, you know, again, uh, that's uh, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. A couple times they won two games in a row. A few times they've <laughs> lost three games in a row, and it's back and forth and back and forth. But, but you know, tonight they score two power play goals. Philip Forsberg scores one. Ellie Tolvanen scores another one. More importantly for the Predators, though, is that they gain a little bit of momentum, which they haven't had at all this season. I've been saying for a while now that I think this season's a lost cause. They're trying to prove me wrong. Um, tonight, they continue to, to try to do that. But, you know, look, it's against the Red Wings, a team they should beat, and they did beat them, and that's a step in the right direction, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you got uh... – you got to like how Pecorino is playing. And, and I, I, if there is one thing that they can kind of hang their hat on at this point, like this is going to give us a chance is if we, if, if, if vintage Pekka is able to continue to kind of carry them like this, I think he, uh, you know, all, all told, I, I think he's definitely been better than, than UC Saros this year. I don't think the goaltending has been terrible, but Pekka, Pekka it hasn't been Pekka. It hasn't been great, but it hasn't been terrible. And 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 Pekka has been better than UC. You're right. I mean that that's just you know that's that those are the facts. And you know like I've said before, um, I don't think UC Saros is a starting goaltender on a Nashville on a on a Stanley Cup contending team. Uh, I think he's a great backup. I think he's a serviceable goalie. I don't think he's the number one guy for 82 games in a season. Um, he he might be have lost his chance at this point. This is, if, if it doesn't happen for him this year, you got the, the, the kid from Russia now in the system. They could get it. They could sign a, a veteran free agent to kind of bridge that gap. I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's so hard to look even just beyond, you know, the times we're living in now, Gentry, it's hard to look beyond tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I, and speaking of that, I talked to David Poyle today uh, for about a half hour about a lot of different things. I'm going to have a story coming up later this week on the Tennessean um, and in the Tennessean um, about how he feels about his future, how he feels about his job, how he feels about other people's jobs, um, you know, and kind of what all that entails and, and his impressions of, of this season so far. And, and I'll give you a little hint. Not great. Um, you know, he's not impressed. Also you know, told me that, you know, a lot of that is on him um, and, and and a lot of it is on the players. But um, also later this episode, we're going to hear from Philip Forsberg. I tease him a little bit about his mustache. Now, I'm going to go out and say this right now, Gentry. I have been an advocate of Philip Forsberg's Raleigh Finger mustache, Raleigh Finger's mustache, since since it's been in existence. This, now, is, I, this is true. That That's a true statement. But he uh, took a little bit of a – Poked a little bit of, uh, of fun at me tonight because I poked a little bit of fun at him, which is, you know, good to see. As you mentioned before, when we were talking before we recorded, um, it's different to see the Predators in a good mood after a game. And, and Philip was in a good mood. Uh, we'll hear, like I said, we'll hear from him a little bit. Um, he had another goal tonight. He's been their best offensive player. Um, he's a person 
I think if the Predators become sellers, you know, obviously besides Roman and Pekka, I think he should be an untouchable. But um, we'll get we'll get around to that later. But first, let's talk about you know, I, I with, with the recent goings on with the Predators, we've you know I, I've explored some options in terms of who might they trade at the deadline. Um, if these struggles continue, who might they try to deal this summer? I mean, I think you could see a major roster overhaul this summer if these struggles continue. And let, look, the Predators have won two in a row. I don't want to, you know, rain on any parades. But this team is very flawed still. Um, still can't score. Having, you know, having a rough time with that. Having a rough time on the penalty kill. Um, having a rough time just, you know, I think, they haven't led going into the third period in 18 games this season, Gentry. I mean, that, 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 that's incredible. That is an incredible statistic. It, 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 you, you can't win that way. You can't be a contender that way if you're always playing from behind or you're never playing with the lead. I mean, it's, it's you know, that, that's basics right there. Um, you know, I, I think there's some promise there. I think that also there's going to be a lot of change. Again, I don't have a lot of – faith and reason to believe. I shouldn't even say faith. I don't have a lot of reason to believe based on the end of last season, based on 18 games into this season, based on a lot of the guys that they have here, that this team with this personnel is going to go very far. Now, could I be wrong? Of course I could be wrong. I'm wrong all the time, but I just, I don't, I don't see it. Um, I don't feel it. I've covered, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of covering championship teams in my career as, as you have. And, and sometimes I think you get a feeling, right. And I, I, I just don't get that feeling with this team, but I don't think it's time to give up. I don't, but I'd also don't think it's time to think that this core that they have right now is going to lead them to where they want to go. More than any other sport to me, it's, it, uh, I'm always entertained by how hockey seems to have this mystical feel to it where Everybody knows at the end of the year the teams that don't have great seasons, if they sneak in the playoffs, they can get hot and make a run. Nashville did. did. Um, and I think it does give uh, baseball maybe a little bit like this too, where there's a mystical quality where if you have a chance at the end, look, give yourself a chance, anything can happen. In, in football or some other leagues, you would look at what we've seen from the Predators and say no chance. I mean, it's a lot more defined. I mean, look, yeah, the NFL, the NBA, I mean, you have your your – your dominant teams that are that are just there year after year. And the Predators, look, until last season, have been in the playoffs year after year. They went to a Stanley Cup final that they probably shouldn't have gone to. They, they, they overachieved, and then they underachieved, and now they're underachieving again. And, you know, it, it's a very fickle thing, like you say. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of components that go into it, especially in a, in a, in a season like this that's – you know, I, I think I redid the Predators' schedule today. I think they might have seven or eight games that – either game times or game dates were affected because of COVID or because of winter storms in Dallas or because it, it, it's just so strange. It's hard to, to calibrate anything based on this season. But one thing that's been consistent is the predators have been consistently mediocre and that's, yeah. you can't, you can't win if you can't score. If you can't score, you're liable to lose any game you play because you, you can't score. <laughs> and well, you're speaking, not you're not able to dictate the game in any way. The speak, fact that they haven't led going into the third period that has shown that they they truly haven't been able to get ahead and dictate a game yet well, all season. It, That's amazing. It, it is amazing. But speaking of scoring, one person on the Predators who has been able to do that 
who has uh, what I think is one of the world's greatest mustaches is Philip Forsberg. And let's hear from him what he had to say after tonight's game. Phil Forsberg uh, just fixed his mustache for you all. Looking pristine. Uh, we'll get things going with uh, Paul Scribina. The mustache is just okay, Phil. But I, I wanted to ask you, you know, offensively you guys have had, had a rough time this go of it this season. But tonight, you know, getting some power play goals finally – you know, getting some, you know, some sustained effort on the power play. I mean, is that – how encouraging is that for you guys with how much – considering how much you guys have struggled with that this season? I mean, after start starts with a question like that, I don't know if I want to answer it, to be honest with you. Can't come after the mustache like that and expect a good answer. But, no, to be to be serious, I, I think we – last couple of games we've been playing more, more, like I said, after last game too. we holding on to the puck a little bit more with the forwards, creating – a little more time for the D. I feel like in a couple of games we just rimmed it up there and they're kind of under pressure right away. And I think that's something that we, we've been talking about and definitely doing better and, and obviously getting results. We didn't get any 5-on-5 five five goals today. We had plenty of chances, and that's uh, something that we keep building on. So good to see, you know, the, the spirits are not too low. Um, you know, I talked to John. We talked to John Hines the other day, and I had asked him about the difference between a winning streak and a losing streak. And, and, and there's such a fine line, right? Like you can turn things around quickly but also at the same time just as quickly you can completely lose it so you know and, and he had he had mentioned and i'm paraphrasing here that you know it's it's you're, you're one thing away from a long losing streak or what you know when, when, when you're winning you think you can keep on winning no matter how well or how poorly you're playing when you're losing you know no matter how well or how poorly you're playing that can creep into your mind too and you're always just the, 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 the turn of a dime away from going one way or the other. Um, I don't know that this team is that close from going one way or the other. I think they just, you know, as we've said time after time on this podcast, they are what they are. Um, and that, that's kind of been defined. Um, so, you know, they're, 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 you look at teams like in, in, in the Central Division, I mean, the Hurricanes, for example, just blowing people's minds. The, the, the Florida Panthers, like who are the Florida Panthers? Like they yeah, have that's, that's the one that's, wow. I mean, you, the Chicago Blackhawks with all these rookies, and of course Patrick King. Like th- these are teams. Carolina and, and the Blackhawks are two teams I think who probably shouldn't be where they are in the standings based on prognostication. But you know that shows you what prognostication is worth. I mean, it's it's you have to play the games, and the Predators, you know, they, they they've played the games and and for the most part haven't shown up. Um, that, I, that, you, you figure Panthers, Hurricanes, Blackhawks. You figure. One, maybe two of those three is going to fall back and kind of come down to earth a little bit. But if the Panthers and the Hurricanes keep playing at the level they've they've had this so far this season, that is big trouble for the Predators. That is oh. not a that is not a door open at all because the Lightning aren't going anywhere, and you have Dallas. Well, that's yeah. the other thing I was going to mention, Gentry, is that Dallas is 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 you know they had so many games postponed because of storms and COVID. They have so many games in hand. They're a team that going into tonight, into Tuesday night, was tied with the Predators, you know, one point out of last place. But they're a team that has way more, way, way, way more talent and way more experience uh, and way more proven. They, they went more, to the Stanley Cup final last season. I mean, way, way more, way more games in hand. They've only played the third. It, that's going to matter a lot right. as we go here. The fact that they they played five fewer games than the Predators, they played seven fewer games than the Blackhawks and the Blue right. Jackets. Right, and that and that's going to make a humongous difference, you know, or could make a humongous difference. Um, 
Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Gentry digging into what I talked with, with, with David Poyle about today because, you know, we, like I said, we discussed a lot of things, um, and David was pretty poignant. Uh, you know, he's always been pretty honest as far as in terms of since I've been here, pretty honest about what he what he thinks of the team that he's put together. Um, today I was able to, you know, ask him some more direct questions. Um, and his, his answers were, were interesting uh, in terms of what he thinks about his job and his job security and stability and, and, and what he thinks about. Uh, and I'll give you a, a quick sneak peek. Um, you know, I asked him, do you, if the Predators were to have to rebuild and David Poyle, 70 plus years old, he's been in this for almost 40 years or 40 years or so as a general manager, I said, do you, I asked him point blank, do you have it in you to, to, to go through a rebuild? And he said, absolutely. And, and our pre, you know, previous points in our conversation led me to believe that uh, there's not a lot to, for him to worry about in terms of his job, you know, uh, but there will come a time when he, he will step aside or will be asked to leave. Um, but for right now, I don't think that that's look, the reason I bring it up is because, He's the guy who put together this roster, right? And he's the guy who some people are going to point to and say it's his it's his responsibility, his sword to fall on. I don't know that Predators ownership looks at it that way. I I believe what what he's saying, and I believe his he was genuine in saying it. But what else is he really supposed to say? I mean, can you imagine? If you were to ask him if he was committed to seeing it through, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, we'll see." How would that be received? Well, I and I get that, and I and, and point, a point I made to him t- today when I talked with him. It's kind of funny you bring it up because last year I, I asked Peter Laviolette shortly after the Winter Classic, "Did you think his job was in jeopardy?" And he shrugged it off and said, "No, of course he's going to say that." Um, but you know, I think David um, David's been here since the beginning, and David I don't think has ever had to worry about job security. Um, and David also has been around long enough to understand how the game works, you know, and, you know, they, they may ownership may ask him to step aside and it may happen in, in, in such a way that, you know, it's not publicized that he was fired or whatever. My yeah, point, he, would, he, he would never be fired. I think if that, how you're describing it is how that would go. And, and, and my point being is I think there's a, there's a level of respect there. I mean, the guy's in the hall of fame, look, he's never one. And I've said this, before, I mean, he's never won a Stanley Cup final in all his years as general manager. I think that's a strike against him. But he's also done a lot of great things um, during his t- during his time as a GM. And I, I don't, I don't think. And, and as I told David today, I don't think that the general manager is the problem. I think the players not performing is the problem. The players that are paid a lot of money to perform, who have performed in the past, are not performing now. And that's the problem. Yeah, but who made the decision to pay him that money? I, I mean, I, I, I understand. I, I, I understand where you're saying, but the th- thing about it is, I, I think you run the risk here with Poyle of a guy who's going to be a victim of expectations that he built himself with the I, team here in the last uh, few years. You've seen I, it before. I get it. I get it. But I also think that David Poyle also doesn't go out there and play the game that he's paying. You know, he, he's okaying these players to be paid and and i don't you know look i i understand i kind of like i kind of look at both sides of it and 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 can can understand you know the frustration of you know hey 
right? Johansson's making eight million dollars a year, and he has no goals. Um, and he and he was horrible last year on the you know on the ice per, performance wise. And again, this is never anything personal, but like he had a horrible season last year, and he got paid eight million dollars for that. And he's coming back this year, and he's not putting the numbers on the stat sheet like an eight million dollar a year player should. Now is that the David Poyle or John Hines or Peter Laviolette? make that happen I, I have a hard time buying that I just I really do and I you know the blame there's always going to be a blame game and I understand that and there's always going to be a, a fall guy or a culprit I just my tendency always goes toward look these guys they're here for a reason they're getting paid this money for a reason and if they don't perform like they're being paid I have a hard time blaming somebody who dresses up in a suit every day and doesn't go on the ice. Uh, no, I think that's, I, I get what you're saying, but it, it comes down to this and we're getting down the, the rabbit hole pretty, pretty quick here on, on what's going to, on some discussions that I think are going to come up again here in the next few months. But I, you're eight and 10. It's not going well. Something has to change. What is it? These guys are under contract. They're not going to get rid of a lot of these players. This big rebuild that everybody wants to talk about is going to be hamstrung by that fact. They're going to have to figure out ways to generate interest and draft picks and be able to start building while still being hamstrung by some of those contracts that exist. And, and what's going to have to happen, you mentioned this earlier. No, I don't think it's a great idea to trade Philip Forsberg, but you may have to start doing things like that. Oh, and, that and I, that's how nasty a rebuild it could get. And when you start, when it gets there, you almost always see a regime, a regime, regime change at the top of the team. No, I know now, I, it's, it's different. He's, he's the only GM they've ever had. I get it. It's a totally different scenario with the predators. Something's got to change, man. So what is it? I, I don't disagree with you, Gentry. And I, and I, you know, I think we, I think we are in store for some, for some major changes if things don't change. Um, but you know that it's again. How many times have we said this season like it's early, but it's late. Like how long, how much, how much longer are you going to say it's early until it's too late? And 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 it's hard to judge in a fifty-six game season. It's hard to judge when you're closer to last place than first place. But I think that you know by the by the end of this month, beginning of next month, we'll know what the predators are. And I and I I have a suspicion we already know what they are, but. We will know for sure, probably more than likely for sure, what they are within the next week or two. And then we can start drawing more conclusions because then deadlines start approaching, trade deadlines, you know, contracts, everything starts, you know, decisions have to be made. Right now, no decisions have to be made. Um, so the, the Predators play can dictate it for now. I think if we come back in another week or two, the discussion could change. And, and I think that that's a fair way to assess it. Um, you know, but I will say this, you know, if the Predators continue to be closer to a last place team than a first place team, I think we're going to see some major, major changes. And this has been progressing for, for a couple of years. I mean, they kept the team the same after 17, mostly after 18. Then we saw P.K. Subban go. Then we saw Kyle Terris be, get bought out, bought out. Then we saw Craig Smith leave, you know, small steps leading to something bigger and you know, I don't know if it'll be a Forsberg that'll be traded or if it'll be an Arvidsson that will be traded um, or, or Johansson that will be exposed in, in, in the expansion draft. I mean, there are a lot of different op options out there. Um, the Predators are a, a salary cap team close to it, and they're almost a last-place team in a division 
that's really they should be at least a top four team. And so give it a couple of weeks. Um, and in a couple of weeks, I won't be saying that anymore. In a couple of weeks, I won't be saying give it a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks, I'll, I think we'll pretty much know what this team is. You know, I, I you, uh, we, we've heard wait and let it see it play out. Wait and let it see it play out. You know, you heard that all last season. I think there was the talk that this team was going to gear up and make a run in the playoffs, and then the, the pandemic stops it. Then you're hearing how well they're doing in their extra training camp, and then they, they lose the Coyotes. Now you're hearing this year about, well, you know, we're, we're, we're no, no more talk. We're all action. I've heard it and heard it and heard it, and I've yet to see it. And I've been here two years, and at this point, I've not seen it this year yet either. I don't think this season's over. They've won two, two. We're 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 kind of raining on the parade right now. They won the last two games, and we're doing this, but they're going to have to win a lot more. And I think everybody knows it. And um, you know, we'll see. But I just I I don't see you you watch them play even when they win. You're just kind of like, eh, you know. I mean, you just are. I, I feel you. I, I was in tonight for, for, for most of the 60 minutes of that game. So I, I'm with you on that. But hey, you know what? Let's do this again next week. Let's see where we are, Gentry. And, and I think we'll know a little bit more. Um, you know, they have they get Detroit one more time, which they should beat up on. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if, if they could, like I said, if they can win these games they're supposed to win then they have a chance. But, you know, so far they, they, they have to get to continue proving that. But for now, that'll do it for this edition of Catfish Corner. I hope you'll subscribe to the Tennessean.com if you haven't already. We have some stories up there that are worth reading and worth paying for. Uh, remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever it is, wherever it is you get your podcasts. That, I don't believe, costs anything. Um, and drop us a review while you're at it. And good, bad, or indifferent, we always appreciate the feedback. For Gentry Estes, I'm Paul Scarbina, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.